Hey everybody, Adam Stott here. Thanks for checking out my podcast, Business Grow Secrets. You're absolutely in the right place. This podcast is going to reveal to you all of the secrets that you've been looking to discover that are going to allow you to cure your cash flow problems, attain more clients, bring in more leads for your business, and create systems and processes that give you the growth that you want. You are going to discover the business growth secrets you have been looking for that I've used to sell over £50 million worth of products and services on social media and help clients everywhere to grow their businesses on the mark. So let's get started on the Business Growth Secrets Podcast. Absolutely honoured today to be sitting here with Barry Hearn, who is a legend in sport. And, you know, really, really honoured. Looking forward to asking Barry some questions and really trying to understand, you know, how he's monetized business and how he's, he's done business in sport, which has been extremely successful. So anybody watching, regardless of whether you're a big business owner, a small business owner, or you're looking to start in business, you need to be hearing some, some nuggets from Barry because he's a top character and he's been very, very successful. So the first question I wanted to ask you today, Barry, was something that really interests me when I was sort of looking into your background before before we'd spoken, was that you, your background's actually financial. You were a, an accountant and then you became a finance director. Now, what I noticed about yourself is you've got so much character and you become a promoter. And I find that a lot of people in finance don't have those attributes. Did you, did you develop those or did it, how did that come about that you went from, because they're almost opposites, aren't they, yeah. finance and promotion? I think you develop in life. I mean, obviously, what you start off as in any business is not the end of your business life. It's the beginning, isn't it? Yeah. You know? So with me, you know, coming from a very normal, poor, working class family, my mother told me when I was 12 that I had to be a chartered accountant. And you know you never disagree with your mum. That's the number yeah. one. <laughs> like. So I asked her what a chartered accountants do. And she said, I don't know. But the, <laughs> she was cleaning houses at the mm. time. And she said, the man I work for said, you never see a poor one. <laughs> and I think that phrase, you never see a poor one, stuck in my mind. One of the earliest reasons for success in any business person is that there are two very simple rules. One you need focus. You really have to focus on your goal so that you don't get sidetracked into anything. It has to be absolutely clear. And two is you need to have a work ethic, a work ethic that means you're relentless. You know, I'm not a genius. I'm quite successful. In fact, I'm very successful. <laughs> but my work ethic is second to none. So if you're not a genius, putting in a few extra hours a day can actually make up for not being a genius. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. So it's about hard work. So from an early age, my focus was, you never see a poor one. I always wanted to be wealthy. Right. My whole life I spent looking at big people's houses. I wasn't nasty, envious or jealous. I just wanted those type yeah. of things. Yeah. And the only way I could see it getting them is I wasn't going to go to university, I didn't have rich family or friends, I had no connections, I didn't have the right tie, which in those days was very relevant. Mm. The only way I could get around it was by developing a work ethic that was second to none. So if it took 25 hours a day to get where I wanted to do, I wouldn't let anyone get in my way, at any level. Yeah. I was totally focused and relentless, yeah. and I was prepared to put in... So once you start establishing that, then to transfer yourself from a chartered accountant. Yeah. I mean, you're going back now, 
I qualified in 1970. Right. So I was the youngest, I think, the youngest ever qualified chartered accountant, the youngest fellow of the Institute. I was smart, but I was relentless. I wasn't a genius, if you understand. Yeah. I learned everything, pigeon fashion. I couldn't yeah. fail an exam. It's impossible <laughs> yeah. because I did so much work. So yeah. I, you sacrifice. You know, people talk to me today about all oh, the sacrifices I've made. You know, most of it's total bullshit. <laughs> they don't even know what a sacrifice is. Mm. Sacrifice is giving up your teenage years. Yeah. Not going out any day. Yeah. You know, having that focus to see where you're going to achieve your goals. Then you take that into your business life. Mm. Your business life is, look, everybody wants to be successful and they're not all going to be successful. So why should you be different yeah. to everyone else? Well, the answer is because I'm going to go further. I'm going to try harder. I'm yeah. going to be a bit smarter. Yeah. I'm going to make mistakes, but I'm going to learn from them. I'm not going to make the same mistake twice. These are basic principles. So to come from a chartered accountant, bearing in mind I was on a mission to be wealthy, yeah. which is my target totally, yeah. and I, I'm not ashamed to say it. Yeah, no, you know, I didn't want to live fantastic. in a council house all my life. Yeah. You know, I wanted a place on the hill. Yeah. I, ended up, I ended up bought the whole hill. Unbelievable. <laughs> you know? yeah. So yeah. when you got that, it's actually easier to change into different market yeah. situations. Well, I just feel it's such a fantastic way to start for somebody because to get the knowledge of knowing the numbers and then you, no. you know, how do you take that to, you now know the numbers and, you know, you met Steve Davis and I, I read that you, that was a massive turning point. Massive. How did you, like for somebody out there that's a business owner, how do you spot opportunity and how do you then take it and how do you turn opportunity into money or to monetize it? You know, the worst thing about this is, that's a good question. Yeah. And there's no real answer. <laughs> that, but the lessons in life that you learn as you get older and you look back yeah. and you realize, how did I get from there to here? And you try and put some sense to was it. Was it that drive, do you think? The drive was 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 instrumental, obviously. Yeah. But there's a couple of other things. Is Number one, it's better to be born lucky than good looking. <laughs> you need a bit of luck. Don't matter who you are, don't matter how qualified you are, how much money you've got. If lady luck don't smile on you, give you that opening, that just that chance to get your relentless stuff mm. away. You need to, and the second thing is, of course, right place, right time. Yeah. So these are two things you don't learn at school. Yeah. How do you know? In life, everybody, every human being is different. Yeah. Every human being is by nature better than anyone else in the world at something. something yeah. The sadness is most of them don't get the opportunity to find out what that is. Yeah. And the other thing is, the other sadness is some people find out and don't recognize that opportunity and don't drive themselves forward. So imagine it that you're in a room and someone opens a door a little tiny bit of jar. Yeah. You know, now do you get your foot in it, your fingers in it? I don't know. <laughs> One way or another, you've got to open that door. Yeah. So when you get an opportunity, you've got to take advantage of it. And having a background in financial knowledge and, yeah. and accounts will yeah. come to that, yeah. is, for me, was fundamental in understanding business projects looking at risk-reward yeah. ratio, looking at capital required, making sure I don't over-trade, making sure I don't under-trade, yeah. trying to reach a balance of probability on profitability, realizing that you've got to create sustainable businesses. I'm not interested in something in a business that makes money for a day or a week or a year. Mm. I'm looking at a legacy yeah. to hand down to next generations of a sustainable business that will continue to grow because it's been built on the right financial that's the situation. You know, fantastic answer. And so what I'm really interested in as well is how you took some sports 
like like snooker and like darts that weren't mainstream and you branded them essentially didn't you and, and you did deals with the TV companies and what that's vision you know not many people how, how did you what made you what sprung into your mind and said you know what I'm going to take snooker and I'm going to explode it what made you see that opportunity I had nothing else to do that day <laughs> it, was a, it was a quiet day in the office and I thought what shall I do I know what I'll do I'll make darts into the second most viewed sport on television yeah no again come back remember mm. You know, you've got to be lucky. You've got to be in the right place at the right time. Then you've got to spot the opportunity. Once you've got the opportunity, then you're into... And there's no little black book. You're not selling mm. a second-hand yeah. Capri. <laughs> you know, you're not. Yeah, yeah. Because there you've got a little hole. Oh, that's mm. going to be roughly between this point and that yeah. point. There's no rules. I think we're governed make sure, sport. Make sure you listen to that. Yeah. We're governed in sport mm. by perception. Yeah. The initial perception change is how you revalue mm. and revitalise a sport. So if you take a sport like... Well, both snooker and darts, I think boxing to an extent, maybe mm. some of the other sports we do. The idea is to get those sports more in the public domain, yeah. make them more famous. Yeah. Make the people that play that sport more famous so that you develop characters because all sport is a soap opera. Yeah. All sport is EastEnders, Coronation Street. Yeah. People want to see regularity. They yeah. want to either like or dislike someone, but they want a reason to view. Yeah. Once you establish that and you broaden your base by more activity within the sport, therefore inspiring the people that play that sport where you can change their lives. Yeah then you have momentum. Yeah. Once you have momentum, it's a selling job, and it's a bit like the king has no clothes. <laughs> you know, you've got to try and convince everyone this is the best thing since sliced bread. Right. If you're successful enough to increase ratings, yeah. automatically you'll attract more sponsors. Yeah. Automatically you'll spread the gospel on the worldwide syndication and the new media yeah. exploitation opportunities. Then you have a snowball yeah. going down the mountainside. Yeah and it picks up snow as it goes. It's so easy, mm. it's unbelievably easy Yeah. once you get momentum started. But I'm not going to tell you how easy because otherwise you might be competition <laughs> and I've got a problem with you. So talking about boxing, I mean, you're a legend in many sports, but boxing massively and, you know, someone I've admired from afar. And what is it about, bo I mean, what is it about boxing that you love and what is it that you know, it's made you want to be... I think we're all, we're all governed by our own history, whether we're governed mm. by our parents' yeah. reactions, or whether it was school, whether it was a life-changing experience on the road to Damascus, I don't know. Yeah. I came from an area and a time when there was very little opportunity from people from my background. Right. And I got lucky. Yeah. I got lucky because my mum pushed me like crazy. I had an uncle in a tiling business in South End who managed to get me into a very small firm of accountants to give me a start. Yeah. That was a massive, massive favour to me and it was against the grain. Yeah. What we're looking at now... Hey everybody, Adam here and I hope you loved today's episode. I hope you thought it was fabulous and if you did, I'd like to ask you a small favour. Could you jump over and go and give the podcast a review? Of course, I'll be super grateful if that is a five-star review. We're putting our all into this podcast for you, delivering you the content, giving you the secrets and if you've enjoyed it, please go and give us a review and talk about what your favourite episode is perhaps. Every single month, I select someone from that review list to come to one of my exclusive academy days and have lunch with me on the day meeting hundreds of my clients so if you want that to be you then you're going to be in with a shout if you go and give us a review on itunes please of course do remember to subscribe so you can get all the up-to-date episodes peace and love and i'll see you very very soon thank you